Adam Crowley. Come with me, and you'll see. It's a world filled with all the meat that you want. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Did something happen with Donald Trump in Russia? I'm just kidding. We won't talk about that. Till later. You found the Crowley Show? Tell your friends. They should listen too. 412 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Le'Veon Bell did not sign a long-term contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Shocking. Breaking news type stuff. That nah, we all knew it was going to happen that way. Mike Tomlin expressed some optimism yesterday. That's odd, though, a little bit. Why he would do that when really there's no reason, I think, to be optimistic. I'm guessing they never came that close to making a deal. But we'll get back to that coming up in 18 minutes with Chris Adamski of the Tribune Review. He'll also talk to us about some bucko baseball. They're hot! Oh my god, are they hot! Break up the buckos! Oh, they're back, baby! And by back, I mean they really are back. They're 48 and 49. That's where they're supposed to be. They are supposed to be 48 and 49. They are not allowed to be any better than a game above or below 500 the rest of the year. This is where they're supposed to be. This is who they are. This is what this franchise has become. Mediocre. Colin Dunlap, who I'm picking on today. I don't mean to. I do like Colin Dunlap's work. He works for the station across the street. He said, you should be enjoying this. It's the same takes that happened at the beginning of the year. Whether you believe they're for real or not, you should enjoy it because you're a Pirates fan. Man, if you couldn't enjoy that ball getting hit over the center fielder's head yesterday, I can't help you. It was enjoyable. The crowd, all 12 people, they were going berserk. They're hiding from the rain. I was in my house. I went, woo! I did. I went, woo! That's it. Only one. I repeated it only for effect. You got one woo in. Yes. Nice. And I repeated it again for effect. Woo! That's it. That's what I got. Woo! Greg Brown creamed himself. I mean, Greg Brown, he just lost his mind. He really did. He did, man. (laughs) He thought that ball was getting caught right off the bat. There's no question Greg Brown, when that ball was hit, thought, damn, it's getting caught. And then he went, it's over his head! If you don't know any better, that and you you just listen to that straight up and say, hey, guess what game this is from? You'd say Game 7 World Series yes. of some year. That's yes. how excited he was. Yes. And I get why there is excitement. It's better to watch your team win than it is to watch your team lose. And, oh, yeah, there's this. The general manager on Sunday said it's a big week. He was playing... The percentages, I think. Well, our baseball team's not great. It's a big week. I'll say it. And then we'll lose three out of the, at best, eight games. Go five and three. And at that point, you're just treading water and everything's okay. But they went seven and one against the Nats, who they're trailing. And the Brewers, who they're trailing in division. Five-game sweep. I can't tell you the last time there was a five-game sweep. I'm sure it's all over Twitter.com. Whatever, you can find it there. I'm not a news source. I'm your entertainment for this evening. So big week, huh, Neil Huntington? Big week. Now he's going to look like such a dink when they sell at the deadline. They should still sell. Let me be very clear. 
They should sell. Sell, sell, sell. And I'm not talking about a soft sell. I'm talking about a hard sell. Sell all them bitches. Freeze. And we'll see what happens with Harrison now that he's hurt. But yes, him too. Everybody but Bell and Tyone and Meadows should be on the trade block. You don't need a good closer if you're not a great baseball team. Sell him. Get a King's Ransom for him. I bet you you could. This week should not change any of that. But this week is why I am so happy right now. Because Neil Huntington now is going to look like a doofus. The organization's going to look dumb when they do start selling off these guys. Not that they'll look dumb, but they'll have looked they'll look dumb for having said what they said on Sunday. And I sounded dumb trying to get that sentence out. But that's what's keeping me going. That's what I'm thinking is that ball went over the center fielder's head yesterday. Greg Brown is getting his pants all sticky. Meanwhile, I go, whoo! And that woo, if you'd like a translation, was, oh, man, they really swept those bastards, and now Neil Huntington's going to see the Pirates at like four and a half out of the wild card when he sells everybody off in two and a half weeks. Either do one or the other. Either go for it, try to get some guys with term, or sell the farm. But that's the camp I'm in because never, ever, 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 never, ever should one week affect the team this way. It's an odd week. you got eight games in seven days. Usually it just feels like you've played 12 in seven days because baseball is excruciatingly long and boring. You can read about that later on this week in the Pittsburgh City paper where I wrote a column about it. But it's an odd week. The Pirates have eight games. They win five of those eight games against the team that at the time was leading in the division. It should be big, right, Neil? Well, no, because this team isn't better than any of the teams that they're chasing. And that's kind of just a little tiny problem. Just a little tiny issue. You're not good enough. Not good enough. Are they better than St. Louis? Are they? Probably not. They're game and a half back of them. They better than Milwaukee. They were this week, but no, not in the long run. And Milwaukee's even been tied to Manny Machado. I don't think it's going to happen, but that means they're going out there and they're trying to make stuff happen. Pirates won't do that. Are they better than the Cubs? Oh, F no. Cubs are 17 games over 500 with a run differential of plus 114. That's a better baseball team by far than the Pittsburgh Pirates. So the division's out. Then you look at the wild card. You're trailing Washington by half a game. Trailing San Francisco by a game and a half. They're better than either of those teams? Washington might be the most talented team, one of them in the National League. They're not better than them. St. Louis. They're better than them? Probably not. They're better than Colorado? Probably not. They're better than Arizona? No. They're better than Atlanta? No. Luckily for the Pirates, none of that matters. It's sell, sell, sell time. And the Buccos, though, have... Mm. Extended their lead in the Mega Bowl to four and a half games. Mega Bowl! Cincinnati sliding back down to earth. They're 10 games under 500. The Bucks just won. Good for Cincinnati, though. Holy crap. They're only 10 games under. They started the season like 3 and 30. The Bucks are kind of where we thought they'd be, right? You'll hit a low water mark. You'll hit your high water mark. But this is a team that's destined to be right around 500. The worst place you could possibly be. I hope, 
I pray that Neil Huntington does not keep this thing together so they can chase a wild card game that they're never going to get into. What say you? 412-922-2874. Your Buckos also flubbed the Meadows situation. I mean, Jesus. Sean Rodriguez continued to get at bats when he was sucking. Meadows did not. Sean Rod is what he is. He's not going to get better. But for once, I will say this does not seem to have anything to do with the Super 2. I am harder on the Pirates than just about anybody. I know they try to cut corners and save money as much as any team in Major League Baseball, as much as any team in the history, really, of sports. But if this had to do with Super 2 sending Meadows down, they wouldn't have allowed him to accrue the service time that he has. They just would have sent him down when Starling Marte came back. That would have ended the Super 2 issue. But they screwed it up because he was playing well, and then they sat him, and they allowed him to get cold. And then Polanco gets hot again, and Meadows gets buried on the bench. He's a legit prospect who needs at-bats to grow, whether that's in the Major League Baseball or at AAA. He needs to be seeing regular playing time. The Pirates screwed the pooch with that. Uh, take it one further, if this is a team that's not going to contend, and we all, I think, agree that they're not going to, then why isn't he just getting those at-bats up here, trade Dickerson, and have him learn at the Major League level? That, to me, makes the most sense. That is what I would do. Keep him up here, get at-bats. Now, if they want to play good ball or try to play good ball for the next 10 days, and then you move Dickerson, and then you can put Meadows back in the lineup, fine. As long as he's getting at-bats from AAA, I'm okay with that. It would be kind of fun, and it will be kind of fun if this is the way it goes down, to see the Pirates play the next 10 games and see if they can make it a little more interesting. I joked before the week, what if the Pirates go 7-1? What if they go 8 No, What's going to happen? And then they go 7-1, and okay, interesting. Iron game under 500. They're 5.5 back in the wild card race. If this is a team that had expectations coming into the season, 5.5 games, you're, you feel like you're still right in the thick of it with 70 games to go. But you didn't have those expectations with this baseball club, nor should you have, nor do they have the pitching to take them over the top of the teams that are ahead of them in the wild card. So you have to be realistic. But let's say, <laughs> let's do this again. Let's say they go 8-2. and two. Let's say they go 9-1. and one. Let's say they go 10-0. and oh. Then what do you do? Because you're still not going to convince me that you're better than those teams in front of you. But now, I can't be the hypocrite that gets mad at the Pirates every damn year when they don't do anything at the deadline when they're contenders. If I say, after winning 10 extra games in a row, oh, they should sell everyone off. Then I'm all of a sudden the bad guy. I want that to happen so bad because I don't know what my take's going to be. I need that to happen. I need the Pirates to win the next 10 baseball games coming out of the stretch here just so my head could explode. Like, I don't think they're a good baseball team, but the standings would indicate otherwise, and the record would indicate otherwise. So, do you buy? Or just two weeks prior to that, I was saying, sell everyone off. Do I say, you're still not that good? Sell them. Well, what the hell would I say? I don't know. What the hell would Neil Huntington do? I don't know. He's got to be hoping they just blow. He's got to be hoping they come out of the all-star break and just tank. Like, you know what he should say coming out of the All-Star break? We're not good. Because whenever he issues a challenge, which is kind of what he did by accident on Sunday, 
they seem to respond okay. So maybe coming out of the break, you just say, ah, F it, we suck. And see how they handle that one. Now you've got belief in the Pirates Clubhouse. Oh, it's so cute. It's so cute. And you got Colin Dunlap telling us, hey, enjoy it. If you felt anything other than happy when that all went down, there's something wrong with you. Well, yes, to a point. You should have felt happy if you are a Pirates fan. But this is what happened at the beginning of the year. You have to enjoy the ride. Stop looking at it so negatively. No. I'm going to look at it that way because that's the way it should be looked at. I'm happy they won those baseball games. I'm happy that the players get to be happy. But I'm happiest because now Neil Huntington is going to have to look like a douchebag at the deadline again and just further our narrative. The thing about watching a mediocre team and and going on a streak like they did over this past week, it reminds you of how it could be. Mm -hmm. It gives you that feeling of, oh my gosh. So yeah, of course you're going to be a little bit happy if your team's winning, but it also can depress you at the same time because you're like, I want this feeling feeling in October. That's that's, when I want it. That's a great point, Brian. Uh, Where would this team be now if they're a game under 500 if they say had Garrett Cole? Yeah. Where would they be? A lot better position than they are right now. I think so. Uh, they'd probably be a game or so back in the wild card if you're pitching him as opposed to Trevor Williams, if you're pitching him as opposed to anybody else in the rotation. <laughs> really, I mean, he'd, he'd clearly be their best pitcher. He hasn't been the same guy that he was at the beginning of the season, but you'd like to have had that happen in a Pirates uniform. So you're right. It, it does make you wonder what could have been, but at this point, you're still so mediocre, you can't, I don't want to see them buy, and then they're just trapped. You, you got it. You got to sell. You got to sell. You got to sell. And this week shouldn't affect their thought process on that one bit. Again, though, you win 10 in a row, <laughs> then we could duck. Maybe I'll just keep being the good luck charm. Yeah. Hey, win 20 in a row. <laughs> Be the Indians from last year. Coming up next, we talk about all that with Chris Adamski, and we get back to Le'Veon Bell. He is not going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler in the long term. It's the Crowley Show. This is NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. There's a common thread I see every time I'm in the field. While this is burning, you were saving other homes. Neighbors helping neighbors and strangers alike. No official first responders here, just volunteers going in and bringing folks out. This is what America's about. Sometimes it's nice to see all the good that's out there. We have seen it in community after community after community. Watch NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. Evenings on NBC. Oh, I've got some serious heartburn going on right now. Oh, no. Again? Again. (laughs) You're a gassy individual. I am, man. You are. I only eat spicy foods. It sounds like it. Yeah. Land made taco soup. Oh. It's like like a taco. Yeah, no. uh, Oh, I know know Mm. what taco soup is. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for bringing some in. Appreciate the, I didn't. Uh, yeah, no. Appreciate the effort there. That's not the Adam Crowley show. Maybe I decide those te- teats don't need milking. Oh, it's close. That was close. <laughs> Maybe I decide those te- teats don't need milking. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. The others don't need a squeezing. Darren Ravel from ESPN, because the Packers' books are public, 
We now know that the NFL distributed more than $8 billion in national revenue, mostly from its television deals in 2017. So each team pulled in $255 million nationally. And the Packers then made an additional 199 locally. So I don't know how the Steelers fit in, but they made a lot of money. And the Packers made a lot of money. And every team in the National Football League made a lot of money. And when players see this, they want a bigger share of the pie. Players see the CTE stuff. Players see how easy it is to get hurt. They want a bigger share of the pie. But I think Le'Veon Bell's contract demands come from a couple of other places. One, he really does think that the running back position is undervalued in the National Football League. But two, I think he looks at the NBA. I think all these players are looking at the NBA and they're saying, why can't we do what they're doing? And really, it's just simple economics. NBA players are getting a big share of the pie, but there's only, what, 12 guys on an NBA roster? So they're going to get paid more money. Todd Gurley has just come out this weekend. He says NFL players are mad about NBA contracts. He said, I just want like $80 million. Those guys are getting like $150 million. Okay, yeah, but sorry. They play more games, and there's less dudes on a team. It's not that hard to figure out. The NFL's never going to get that way. It's not going to work out. Now, NFL players need to work on getting guaranteed contracts, and NFL players need to work hard to make sure that it doesn't go up to 18 games. Uh, I don't know if both those things can happen at the same time, but uh, those are the things they should be focusing on, not what's going on in the National Basketball Association. We're joined now by Chris Adamski from the Tribune Review, TribLive.com. Adamski, T-minus, what, 10 days till training camp? Maybe longer for him because he's missing. We'll try to effort him. If we get him, fine. If we don't, that's okay. Last week, I had to blow him off because we were having technical difficulties. Maybe now his cell phone sucks. Maybe now he's just trying to get revenge. Uh, Maybe now Adamski wants to drag us through the mud because we dragged him through the mud last week. I didn't know him to be a vindictive kind of guy, but hey, maybe he is. Maybe he's just a bad dude. Ran into him at Dollar General a couple of weeks ago. He's tall. That's how I knew it was him. Chris Adamski from the Trib back with us now on the Crowley Show. Adamski, what the hell, man? Last week I'm having technical difficulties. This week you don't know how to use a phone. <laughs> I'm here. You hear me? Can you hear me, Adam? Is it all right? Uh, can you hear me? Okay, I'm here. All right. Um, I was just saying how much I would probably not look forward to the long days of training camp, but it all makes up for it to have some libations with you at Sharky's every once in a while. That, that makes it everything makes everything okay. It does make things okay. Uh, I miss being at home. I miss my wife. I miss Brian. I miss Tom. But I do enjoy the occasional libation, and uh, I like seeing you and your tallness and your hat. You know who we won't be seeing at training camp, though? That's Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I don't okay. think there's a bad guy here, though. Uh, a lot of Steelers fans are upset that he wouldn't take the money. Uh, I'm sure Le'Veon Bell's people are all... Uh, upset that the Steelers wouldn't pay him what they feel is his market value. But 
Uh, I understand why the Steelers wouldn't go that high, and I understand mathematically why Le'Veon Bell says, all right, give me the guaranteed cash, and I'll just go make more guaranteed money next year. Yeah, there's really, uh, yeah, from the Steelers' perspective, you could make the case that this is exactly what they wanted to have happen. Uh, going way back a year and a half ago, I, I guess in some ways they probably would have preferred the, the long-term deal because really the, if it really was a $30 million, you know, quote-unquote guarantee those first two years, now they're giving them $27 million the first two years. Uh, you know, it's at that point you might as well take the extra three to have the option essentially to have them next year then too. But uh, if, if he wasn't going to sign it last year, I think I don't know if you're the Steelers you really want to give him much more after this year. If you're talking purely from a cold, you know, evaluation standpoint, looking at his age, looking at running backs, looking at the injury risk, the suspension risk, everything else, committing to him beyond this year probably wasn't in their best interest. And hey, Ben ain't getting any younger. AB ain't getting any younger. So you make your run this year with uh, you know the best running back in the league, and uh, you'll probably just part ways next year. And and uh, Adjust on the fly. You know what? That's exactly where I wanted to go with this. This would be their best shot, you think, in the remaining couple of years, the Ben Roethlisberger era, no? Yeah. I, you know, the the only caveat on that, I would say, is maybe the, the defense is sort of in, I guess, a transition where you don't have Shazier now and you haven't really figured that out, how to address that per se. But, but yeah, I, you know, like, you know, your window with Ben is closing, and that, of course, is the most important piece. And, and, uh, you know, I don't think AB's out of his prime, but he's closer to out of his prime than he is at the beginning of it. Uh, so that, those are your most important pieces. You know, this offensive line's been, been great, but, uh, and they're not old, it's not an old line per se, but at the same time, you know, it's not necessarily going to stick together for, I mean, this is getting crazy. This is, this is what, four years of the whole group? Yeah. Five or six years of most of them other than the left tackle. You know, that, that's pretty unprecedented right there. So it's not going to go on forever. And, and I think, uh, you didn't want to have to go if you're the Steelers into this year without Le'Veon, without that that proven uh, you know centerpiece of, of your running game, centerpiece. I don't think centerpiece of the offense. See, I don't think he is. That which is probably why you're not valuing him as high as he wants to be valued. But uh, you know he he would be the centerpiece of a lot of teams' offenses. If Bell and Brown don't win a championship, and Chris Adamski's joining us here from the Trib on the Crowley Show, does that make you look at them? in a lesser light than if they were to hoist a, a championship trophy? To me, I think they're both all-time greats no matter what. Yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, they're they're harmed by the fact that they're they're playing, in this sense, in terms of their legacy, by the fact they're playing for this franchise that has had two different, you know, multiple Super Bowl runs in them over the past, you know, in, in their history, the past 40 years, 45 years, whatever it is. Uh, so... You're always going to be measured against that. Uh, you know, Ben has his two. You know, Ben has got his one. Uh, you know, everybody else in that, that era there, and then, you know, whether it be Harrison or getting on the list on Devin Troy. Uh, so they're going to be measured against those guys and, and against, of course, the Super Steelers of the 70s. You know, if, if these guys were playing for, I mean, heck, you know, you could even say a franchise like the Cowboys hasn't won one so long now. Uh, just, uh, you know, unless you're playing for the, for the Patriots or whatever, you, know, you can have teams that are good. Now, I will say this. They haven't. I mean, A.B. made the one Super Bowl, but, you know, that was hardly, you know, he was way down the totem pole at that point as a rookie sort of punt returner and number four receiver. Did make a big catch against uh, against the uh, Ravens in the divisional round, uh, though. Pretty big. Yes, uh, helmet catch, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of his, uh, you know, kind of sort of his coming out party as, as a player. So I, I don't take it away from him, but uh, certainly Le'Veon hasn't made a Super Bowl, so 
but that's just kind of the Steelers of it. I mean, Ben is lucky and, and Tomlin's lucky to, to be part of the early, to win that one in 08 there and Ben to get the two. But other than that, these Steelers are going to be, this era of the Steelers, unless something changes here this year or next or in the next couple of years, they're going to remember it as the, uh, punching back of the Patriots in the AFC. <laughs> Chris Adamski joining us here on the Crowley Show. Do you judge a player for going somewhere else and making more money but having a worse chance of winning? No. I, you know, Me neither, pal. Yeah, I don't know. Especially in, in, in football, especially non guaranteed contracts, especially uh, a, a position like running back where you're uh, you're going to take the, the beating and you, you know you're not going to last long. I, you know, when you're in your prime like that, so, yeah. Now, I, 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 you can be that. I don't think this is being hypocritical, and I've never, I've, <laughs> I'm not one enough to be referred to as a hypocrite at times, but I also, I can just say that and also, you know, admire when a player at age, whatever age, 30, 30, you know, depending on the sport, depending on the position, at the end of his career, Signs on, you know, a, a small salary, a, a role player type role to win a championship somewhere else. I can also admire that. But when you're in your prime and you know you got a big contract coming up, no, I, I, I you know, cash in, man, cash in every time. And, and the thing is, it's unpredictable too. And I know the Patriots every year, but other than that, uh, you know, how many times you see teams that come out of nowhere and do win, do make a playoff run, do it, you know, and, and on a lot of sports and, and football. Except for the NBA, of course, where you know every year who's going to be in the final. Uh, I do think we're going to see Le'Veon Bell go to a bad team next year. Maybe it's the Jets, and they'll win like six or seven games, and Steelers fans are going to say, see, Le'Veon, look what you did. Look how stupid. <laughs> and Le'Veon will be just counting his money in his basement. Uh, Chris Adamski joining us here on the Crowley Show. Let's flip now to Pirates baseball. Winners of seven of eight. 48 and 49, five and a half back in the wild card, and we have some time to think on it now during the All Star break. So, Adamski, this changes everything, right? Go all in this year. <laughs> it's funny because when Neil Huntington said that uh, eight days ago, uh, they, they, you know, they can't go four and four this week. I'm thinking to myself, they can't go and they play an extra game. You know, they, they, they can't go eight and one this week. They can't go, it not, you know, it doesn't matter if they go. You know, 9 we've got them to 500 at least, over 500. But I'm thinking, I'm like, it doesn't matter what they do. They can sweep all five of these against Milwaukee, and they're still in bad shape. But they are still in bad shape in terms of getting the playoffs. Now, you know, it's they're better than they were. They're better shape than they were. But I, I don't know if you can see enough out of this team that they're capable of making a sustained run at, at a high, high level play. You know, 700 ball here the rest of the way that it would probably take to to make the playoffs. And, uh, you know, there's just, there's just too much. They're a funny team because there's enough pieces there that you think that they – and that's what they're doing now. That's what Neil – the Pirates do make a lot of a plan. They think, well, we're just – Neil admits this. That's my favorite part. He says every week he talks about the win projection. They're projected to win 79 games. <laughs> which is, as you know, in pretty much any sport, the worst place to be in terms of chasing the championship. If you're going to stink, to stink and start getting, you know, and, and I know baseball is different because the draft picks take longer to go and there's a, uh, a cap on what you can spend and all that and, and development, but you could trade your prospects. And now he's stuck in this spot where he's going to get killed if he trades, but in reality, man, these veterans don't have much value anyway. It's not like you're going to get a high prospect at any of these guys. Adamski, the Meadows situation makes me want to pull all my hair out and then eat it and then poop it out again, put it back on my head so that I can tear it out again. So, oh my God, I know. How do you view it? <laughs> uh, well, not exactly like that. Oh. I wouldn't use those terms. I don't have hair in my head. That's, 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 <laughs> that's really the only reason, I guess, why. Otherwise, maybe I would poop out my hair and eat it again. I don't. Know. Um, and then put it back on so you can pull it out again. 
Yeah. Now you quote me correctly, all right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Gotta make sure I follow procedure. Um, yeah, and, and again, these guys aren't superstars. That's like the, the Pirates are like have a bunch of these like slightly above average guys. Okay, so you have these three outfielders that are playing above average ball now. So you can't really at the moment the way he's the way he was playing the last month here and the way the other three guys are playing. You can't. You, it's justifiable, you know, benching per se, or justifiable not playing because the other three outfielders are better. Um, talking, of course, about Dickerson, Marte, and Polanco. Now, you know, you obviously Meadows is a bigger part of your future than those guys. But two of those guys are signed longer term at uh, reasonable rates. So, uh, you know, unless you trade one of them, it just a, it just goes back to, again, what I talked about earlier. The Pirates are sort of in this weird middle ground without a clearly defined sort of plan. And, and, and their their plan has been to the general manager's repeated admission to keep putting together a very average team and hope they get lucky and make the playoffs. I mean, what a stupid philosophy. <laughs> it just it makes me want to eat my hair or something. <laughs> Adamski? Yeah. yeah. Appreciate the time, my friend. Maybe I'll run into a Dollar General. If not, I'll see up Latrobe. How about that? Maybe we'll be to at Dollar General at Latrobe. I don't know. We'll put it all together. <laughs> there, there are few less places I'd like to go <laughs> than Dollar General and Latrobe. <laughs> Goodbye, my friend. Thanks a lot for coming on. Bye, Adam. Thank you for having me. That's Chris Adamski of the Trib. I love that guy. He's a total Woo! goof. Woo! And that was me after the Pirates. Beat Milwaukee for the fifth time in a row on Sunday. That's it. That was my celebration. Just a one woo. Now, if West Virginia were to win the national championship, how many moves do you think that would be? Woo! 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 And here's me losing my virginity. Woo! Woo! Accurate length. Woo! Woo! Coming up next. Woo! It's the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. Woo! And they've got a little penguins Woo! note too. That's Woo! right. There's hockey. Woo! Woo! It's a Crowley show. Woo! Classic Car Buffs, don't miss the 48th Annual International Corvair Convention, July 23rd through the 28th at the Green Tree Double Tree Hotel. It's the largest Corvair event in the world happening in Pittsburgh for the first time. Check out the iconic Chevy Corvair from the 1960s in every make, model, and year. The fun, affordable Corvair has never been hotter, and it's one of the world's best collector car values. Corvair car shows, autocrossing, swap meet, even Corvairs you can buy. Chevy's air-cooled classics are coming to the Steel City. Visit CorvairPittsburgh.com for details. Everywhere you look, everywhere you go, there's a heart, there's a heart. Everywhere you look, everywhere you go. I'm kind of tone deaf. This report is brought to you by Express Employment. Um, Take us with you wherever you go. ESPN Pittsburgh is on the iHeartRadio app. Anywhere, anytime, and always free. ESPN Pittsburgh, an iHeartRadio station. The Adam Crowley Show. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. says, at underscore Adam Crowley, did I hear it right? You lost your virginity at Dollar General? No. Woo. I did not. But thanks for playing. Thanks for listening. Check out our podcast, ESPNPGH.com. 
Woo! And check out my column, PittsburghCityPaper.com. You're a big-time writer now. Oh, yeah. Major media market star. I mean, I'm taking this bitch over. Multi-media market star. This city is going to feel my wrath before it's all said and done. Yeah, buddy. Or, Or something. I don't know. Woo! I'm excited, though. It's a column about baseball. I think it comes out Wednesday. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> you don't know when your column comes out? Well, it was supposed to be last week. <laughs> oh, no. But it got stuck in Rossi's junk folder. Oh, well, that's what happened. Or maybe it was just junk and needed to be rewritten. So <laughs> yeah, that's... He's, he's like, I don't have time to edit yeah, this I thing. Can't. I can't get to this until next week. Yeah, we'll put it for next week. <laughs> but so actually... Is Rossi now your ghostwriter? Rossi's my ghostwriter and boss and friend. Good man. Good man, Rob Rossi. But it actually makes more sense coming out this week now that I think about it because it's the All-Star break. Woo! Yeah. And I could not be more excited to watch the Home Run Derby tonight, guys. I'm just kidding. That's not what we're talking about. No way. No way. We ain't doing that. You threw me off for a second there. I was like, oh. I mean, are you watching that thing? No. (laughs) No. Okay. Like, if... uh, Maybe. I'll watch like the first like fifteen, twenty seconds of it and then realize how how much I don't want to watch it and then it's gone. At least there's like no Berman, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no Berman, no. so that helps. But see, actually that was kind of fun in the past because at least the day after you knew you knew you knew you could make fun of the back, 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 back. You could pull some kind of thing out about that. Yeah, you could. We don't even have that. Don't have that. It's honestly like when you're a kid growing up, all star game something cool, but by the time you're like I don't know, still a kid in like 11 or 12. It kind of gets old, I think. At least in defense of the Major League Baseball All-Star game, it's still baseball. Like hockey, they go three on three. Football, it's nonsense. They don't play any defense in the NBA. At least it's baseball. So it's the best, I think, of the four All-Star games. I don't think it's even close. But, I mean, why would I watch it? Does the does home field advantage still up for grabs? I don't remember. I don't think, I don't it, think is. it is. No, no it's not. And if it was, it's not like it matters anyhow. Oh, well, this year they're playing the World Series at PNC Park. Games one and two right here. No, I mean, it never mattered to Pirates fans anyhow. All right. That's but they all had a do. big week last week. They Adam, did. Come on. on. Big week. I took Woo. advantage of it. Big time week. In terms of the Mega Bowl, well, now they're up four and a half games on the Reds. Mega Bowl. We said it a week and a half ago. The rest of the season only has one meaning. And that's not to finish in last. And, you know, dare I say, Brian, we're getting close to Mega Bowl 2. Mega Bowl! Between the Pirates and the Reds. Oh, yeah. Red birds, what I meant to say. Mega Bowl! They're uh, they're creeping up there on them cords, you know? (laughs) They are. They're creeping up on them Cardinals. They could win this thing. No. Woo! Yeah, I still don't feel confident in that. I feel a little bit better about the Reds not catching up. But the Reds, they've been playing good baseball for a month. The Pirates played good baseball for a week. Okay? Okay? I promised a hockey note. We'll get to that after this football segment. And now it's time for the great unsponsored football segment. Filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. In the last segment, Chris Adamski brought something up that makes me want to pull my hair out, eat it, poop it out, put it back on top of my head so I could eat it again. (laughs) 
Hey, uh, Adam, you mind if I get a mulligan on this whole thing? Yeah, let's do it again. You want to do it again? Yeah, let's do it again. Are you sure? Yeah, let's do it again. Okay. And now it's time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. In the last segment, Chris Adamski said something that made me angry. And not because Adamski said it, but because Adamski's right. He said, well, the Steelers' defense is still transitioning. How long is this transition going to take? I mean, when the transition started, Bruce Jenner was Bruce Jenner. That transition happened quicker than the Steelers' defense transitioning from young or from old to young, and then from young to good. Last year, beginning portion of the year, they were good. But too many mistakes in the back end, and too many big plays even in the running game, and the defense wound up being their downfall, of course, in the divisional round against the Jacksonville Jags. They played very bad defense down the stretch against Baltimore, against Green Bay. They played pretty well against New England until it mattered most at the end of the game, and that does... That's not good. So when is this damn defense going to transition? If Le'Veon Bell is gone next year, and he will be, the argument is, well, the Steelers' defense should grow, and they're going to be good, and then it's Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown, whatever running backs you plug in there, and, hey, maybe then they will be good enough. But how are we supposed to rely on that? Since Dick LeBeau left, the Steelers' defense has been under Mike Tomlin's control more than it was when Dick LeBeau was around, and the defense has not gotten better quickly enough. Now, I could be proven wrong this year, but there's so many ifs about the Steelers' defense. Can Stephon Tewitt take the next step? Can Artie Burns? How about Sean Davis? Is he going to be the free safety? If not, who is going to be the free safety? Is Joe Hayden going to be able to stay healthy? I think you feel pretty good about your slot corner position with Mike Hilton. Okay, great. You know Cam Hayward's a very good football player. Can Javon Hargrave continue to get better? Those middle linebackers. Yikes. Bostic, I think, is definitely an upgrade on what they had last year when Ryan Shazier got hurt, but how good can he be? Is he even going to be the guy? Because Tyler Matikavich took every snap with the number ones in minicamp and in OTAs. Can Vince Williams be an effective player whenever he's not playing next to Ryan Shazier? These are all questions that this defense has that I'm not just going to assume the answer is going to be all thumbs up in the air for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So if this defense does not transition to one that is really good by next year, do you have faith that Ben Roethlisberger is not going to deteriorate? Do you have faith that the next running back can be a facsimile of what Le'Veon Bell brought in? That's why this year's the year. On the topic of running back by committee and Le'Veon Bell not being around after this season, I'm just telling you right now, Pitt fans and Stillers fans alike, James Conner's not the solution. I don't even know if he's part of the solution. I don't know if he's part of the running back by committee. This year, if Bell goes down, then Conner's going to get a crack. Jalen Samuel's going to get a crack. But I don't know if those guys are the guys moving forward. Uh, I don't think that they're the guys moving forward. God bless James Conner for everything that he's overcome, but he looks like just a guy to me. And he's a guy who has been injury-plagued, not just the cancer, obviously. Jalen Samuels, I keep hearing great things about him, but he's a sixth-round pick. He was a sixth-round pick for a reason. Now, Alvin Kamara, 
Hunt, these guys were players who were there in the middle rounds. So maybe he could be something, but I don't think so. That's a great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. Now for that hockey note I mentioned before, and we'll get back into Le'Veon Bell in about eight minutes at the top of the hour. Jim Rutherford had this to say about Alexiak signing the three-year deal. Quote, when we were able to get Jamie and he was a regular in our lineup, we felt that we could move Reeves at that point. Bringing that part to the team, being a good guy, and being able to protect players when things get out of control certainly helps. And quote, if you've listened to the show at all, you know I don't buy into that crap in the slightest. Uh, I don't think Ryan Reeves protects Sidney Crosby from getting his brain bashed in. Uh, I don't think Jamie Alexiak prevents Sidney Crosby or Evgeny Malkin from getting their brains bashed in. Uh, think about the Penguins and the health issues they had at the end of the year. It's not because they didn't have a guy who was able to protect the players from taking those shots game in and game out. It, it does, doesn't help. Uh, Jamie Alexiak was there and still players get hurt. Uh, players will get runs taken at them. I, I just don't believe that he is a guy that's going to be able to tip the tides away from people doing that. That being said, if Jim Rutherford believes that strongly in needing a protector, and he obviously does because he went out and got Reeves, and he obviously does because he just heard the quote there, well then, a guy like Jamie Alexiak is one that I much prefer to Reeves. Reeves had a good postseason for Ryan Reeves' standards. He did not have a great postseason for other fourth-line standards. He got buried possession-wise, scored a couple of fluky goals. Jamie Alexiak can play hockey. And if you're going to have a guy that you think needs to be your strong dude, your protector, your goon, well, make it be a guy who's not a goon. They thought Ryan Reeves could play. And Ryan Reeves could certainly play more than a guy like Steve McIntyre or Eric Goddard. But he could not play like Matt Cullen can. Matt Cullen's a good fourth liner. Riley Shane's a really good fourth liner. If Brian Rust winds up being on the fourth line this year, those are players you win championships with if they're on your fourth line. And I know it because I saw it with Matt Cullen, and I saw it with Brian Rust. I think he can slide down the lineup. Jamie Alexiak, he can play hockey. And if you're going to have a guy because you are so bass-ackwards in your thinking, so old-school in your thinking that you need someone to bash skulls, let it be a player like Alexiak. So whether or not you think he can be a top four defenseman doesn't really matter. What I know is he's a really good third pair defenseman with some potential to play up in the lineup. And if he's that guy and also he's your quote-unquote enforcer, I think you'll live with that more than having a wasted roster spot for a guy like Ryan Reeves any day. That's it. Two minutes of hockey talk. Coming up next, Le'Veon Bell, not going to be a Steeler long term. The Steelers going to need to replace him next year. But I don't think either side's the bad guy. I'll tell you why. It's the Crowley Show. The Butler County Tourism Tom and Tom Golf Show broadcast live every Tuesday evening from 7 to 8 p.m. at either Conley Resort or Suncrest Golf Course on ESPN Pittsburgh. Brought to you by Lakeview Resort, Titleist Footjoy Worldwide, Nemecolon Country Club, Grandview Golf Club, and Ogilvy Resort. You are gassy today. It's just a day. It's a Monday. Yeah, oh, Greta Van you... Fleet's going to be at Stage A in two days? You didn't know that? No. I thought you were going for some reason. Ah, I got to go. Yeah, Benzie will be there, man. Of course. He, I think Madden's going to be there. I bet you can get tickets through work. Who am I emailing? Who's there to email? I'm going to email someone right now. Oh, this will prove how important you are in the building right here is how quick they get back to you. I'm not. From the Wright Automotive Group Studios, this 
is ESPN Pittsburgh. WPGG AM and WPGB HD2 FM Pittsburgh.